This is the Bhajan Deki Bhut and Nirali Mayama on page 28. In satsang there are pearls and diamonds, but they are achieved little by little by one who has discovered the greatness of satsang. Only satsang removes all the difficulties. Only satsang saves the drowning. One always remains prosperous, such is the greatness of satsang. Satsang is the best place of pilgrimage, brother, for those who earn an honest living. One who doesn't work remains empty. All come together in satsang and make your lives successful, so that in the end you will not be clapped at, humiliated. We have seen the unique greatness of satsang. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 28. Deki Bhutanirali Mehima Sat Sangha Ki Sat Sangha Mehe Moti Re Milte Paradire Dire Sat Sangha Mehe Moti Re Milte Dere Sat Sangahi Sab Sangat Tare Dubate Ko Sat Sangahi Tare Sat Sangahi Sab Sangat Tare Sat Sangahi Tare Sadara hai kushi hali mehima sat sangha ki Deki bhot nirali mehima sat sangha ki Deki bhot nirali mehima sat sangha ki Sat Sangha Uttam Tirat Pai Karate Chonek Kamai Sat Sangha Uttam Tirat Pai Karate Chonek Kamai Karamahin Rahe Kali Mehima Sat Sangha Ki Deki Bhot Nirali Mehima Sat Sangha Ki Deki Bhot Nirali Mehima Sat Sangha Ki Sat Sangha Me Sab Mil 
We have seen the unique greatness of satsang. Our next bhajan is on page 70. Mera kagaja gunabala. Tear up the paper of the account of my sins. I don't ask for anything else. You can do everything. You are all conscious. I am the one who makes faults, and I am not true to the salt. Becoming the philosopher's stone, liberate this iron. We cannot know your glory, nor can we recognize the divine light. Shoot the arrow of grace in our hearts. One day we have to leave this foreign country. The body is false, the maya is false. O Lord, holding us by the arm, take us across. We are the sinners. We are the ones who make mistakes. O Lord, forgive us. We are the poor souls. Remove the pains of egoism. Shower grace on us and make us give up the sins. Make us do Simran and Bhajan. O Kirpalji, liberate this suffering ajayb. Tear up the paper of the account of my sins. I don't ask for anything else. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 70. <laughs>
kie nurailahi pecana sakie teri mehima jana sakie nurailahi pecana
Tear up the paper of the account of my sins. I don't ask for anything else. I've always liked that bhajan a lot, and I've always wondered what else is there to ask for. If he tears up the paper of the account of our sins, it covers the ground, seems to me, anyway. Judith and I once tried to sing that bhajan for Sanchi, and we messed up. We didn't practice enough. It was very embarrassing. Two weeks from this weekend will be the retreat at Shamaz in commemoration of Master Kripal's leaving the body on August 21st, 1974. And I look forward to that. And the next class will be on September 18th. I want to read a few things from Master Kripal's writings today, very basic things which seem to me to strike very close to the heart of everything. And in this particular time, when things seem to be standing in stark contrast to each other, that it's of the utmost importance that we remember what he has said This first part is the opening section of the famous talk on the coming spiritual revolution, which, of course, gave its title to the book of that name. And Master Kripal gave this talk in, uh, I think it was Fort Lauderdale, on December 7, 1972. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, the people are crying for peace. How can we have it? Peace should start from our hearts. We should give out peace as prayed by Guru Nanak. Peace be unto all the world over, under thy will, O God. And for this, naturally, there must be a spiritual revolution. The world is already in revolution, but this revolution should be different. This revolution should not be of the body, but against the evil propensities of the mind which keep us away from God. This will be achieved if we give right understanding to the people at large, which will result in right thoughts. First comes understanding, then come right thoughts, which result in right speech, and right speech will result in right actions. The whole thing starts from right understanding. So you will find right understanding first lies in recognizing that there is a maker of the universe who is the controlling power and permeates all creation. This world did not come out of itself. There is a maker and scientists lately have come to this conclusion that the whole creation is controlled by some power which is conscious. 
So this is the first thing. The whole world is the manifestation of God. No east and no west. The earth below and the sky overhead is his manifestation. Guru Nanak went to Mecca. At night he was lying down with his feet toward the Kaaba, the house of God. The clergyman over there rebuked him. Why are you lying with your feet toward the house of God? He politely told him, Dear friend, I see God all around. There is no place where he is not. If you think there is any side where God is not, you may turn my feet that way. You see? So masters say, All is holy where devotion kneels. This is the first right understanding. The great Muslim saint says, The whole earth is blessed because God permeates all. If my followers find the time for prayers, they can sit on any ground anywhere and say prayers to God. No matter what way their face is, because God is everywhere. The Quran, the Muslim scripture, also says God is everywhere. It matters little whether we face toward west or east. Say your prayers where you are. So this is the first right understanding. We are living in him, have our being in him. He is in us, outside us, above us, below us. Like fish in water, we have our existence in him. That is right understanding. And further, God made man with equal privileges, all born the same way, no high, no low. All have got the same outer concessions, eyes, ears, etc., and all have the same inner concession. We are kept in the body by some higher power, which is the same for all. So this is right understanding that we have this thing, God resides in every heart, and that all is holy where devotion kneels. All are born with the same privileges from God. No high, no low, no east, no west. And this will result in right thoughts. On my last visit, a meeting was called for the east and the west. Others who were visiting America attended this meeting, and I was also one of them. Each man told us where he was from. When my turn came up, I told them, it is said, of course, that east is east and west is west and never the twain shall meet. But there is no east and no west. The whole creation is the house of our Father. All countries are so many rooms in that house. It is we who made these things on account of our want of right understanding. So this is one thing. If you have this understanding, what will be the result? Your whole angle of vision will be changed. You will see that we are all children of God, the same Father. The true fatherhood of God and brotherhood of man will be cemented. So this is what I mean by spiritual revolution from godlessness. Kabir says, Behold but one in all things. 
Guru Arjan says, the visible and the invisible, all are his manifestation. Lord Krishna says, he who sees me in all things, in all things in me, he is my peer. So when masters come, the first message they bring is, there is God. They say, we have seen God. With what eyes? The eye which sees God exists in everybody and is different from the eyes of flesh and blood. It is called third eye, single eye, latent eye. So the whole world, they say, is his manifestation, and he resides in every heart. And as such, these physical bodies we are having are the true temples of God. So by right understanding, I mean that. If this is brought to the notice of people at large, then from this right understanding will arise right thoughts, and from them will come right speech and right actions. Although we are wearing different labels of religions, all the same, we are all one. These labels show only that we have joined some particular school to realize this unity. The ultimate goal of all religions is to know God. And to know God, we must know ourselves first, because God cannot be known by the outgoing faculties, mind or intellect. Soul alone can know the oversoul. Like can know like. So God is one, though there may be many outer ways of worship, you see, but the ultimate, the inner way, is the same for all. Rajab, a Muslim saint, tells us, the archers may be many, but the target is the same. And the kingdom of God can come on earth. Peace will reign supreme in the world, if some spiritual master is there who can give us a demonstration of the inner way, which will give us true peace and right understanding. No politician has ever been able to bring peace to the world and harmony and cooperation. But if their work were in harmony and cooperation with the spiritual masters, peace would be achieved quickly. When the masters come, they are conscious of God from the very beginning. Even in childhood, they are conscious of him. Guru Nanak was sent to school to just have some education, and the teacher began to teach him. One, two. The teacher proceeded further, but Guru Nanak said, Wait, stop, wait. What do you mean by one? A child of four or five years old. And Nanak said, this one means there is one God. You see, he was conscious. Then he said, what is he that all this creation has come out of him? He is eternal, the maker of all creation, the ruling power. He has got no equal, no enmity with anybody, no fear of anybody. He has come about of his own self. No one is his maker. Then the teacher asked him, what is this? How can it be had? He said, with the grace of a master, it is the gift of a master. Further, he said, I do not mean 
when I say God is one, that he is one, I mean this one stands for something else which is expressed as one. But he is neither one nor two. He is something which can be experienced. We can go into him, absorb into him. That experience can be given by a master and he can give us a realization of that for which the figure one stands. And how? He said, burn away all your outer attachments, burn them away and from their ashes make ink and with your conscious self go on writing the praises of God. As long as we are attached outside, we cannot know ourselves. When we know ourselves with our conscious self, we can see what he is. Kabir says, if I say one, then the question of two arises. That amounts to calling him names. God is neither one nor two. He is something expressed by this word one. So he is within himself something which can be realized, not expressed in words. Guru Arjan gives a reason for that, why we call him one. He says, we are finite, O God, you are infinite. Because we are finite, we can only measure with our finite scales. Is it not true? So the absolute God cannot be seen by anybody and nobody has seen him so far. The absolute God, nameless God, wordless God, which has not come into expression. That power which came into expression, that is called word, that is called nam. The outer expression of that power is light and sound, and that light can be seen, that voice can be heard. That is why the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light on my path. Every human being has a secret chamber within himself, which is called the closet of the body. That is higher than the mind and heart both and provides mind with understanding to a certain extent and the heart with feelings of love. This chamber is the kingdom of God within us. This is the crest jewel, the pearl of great price. The saints, when we come in contact with them, open this chamber by withdrawing all our attention from outside. The test of a true master is the fact that in his company, the smallest realm opens up within us, and the light, divine light, the expression of the God into expression power is seen. Christ said, If thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Prophet Muhammad said, The light of Allah is found where? In the human temples. Why am I quoting these things? Because right understanding was given by saints and masters coming from time to time. Lord Krishna said, I will give you divine light and you will see my glory within. Buddha said the same thing. Everyone possesses the bright mirror of illumination. This all the Buddhas realized.
Buddha further proclaimed that the way of the illumined ones is the growth of snowdrops behind the eyes. And then Christ came and it was as if a few crocuses opened their hearts to the winter sky. But now the time has come when we can have a rebirth. This is what Christ spoke of when he said that the poor in spirit shall inherit the kingdom of God. So springtime is upon us now. There will be more fragrant saints, I would say now, who will come up and give us, through the grace of God, a contact with the God into expression power. And this is the revolution, the spiritual revolution, which is coming up and awakening all around. Why are all these people coming, you see? In the past, these things were told in the ears of the disciples after a long time of testing. Now it is given out from open platforms. People are having it without distinction. Whether they are ready or not ready, they are getting something. This is what is needed. The times have changed now. And masters come from time to time to bring these things into the experience of others who are born as man, because in the human body only we can know God, and in no other. And I want to read a brief section from the chapter in the same book called The Birthright to Become God, which illuminates, sheds light on, elaborates on the comments that Master just made. He says, who are we? We are children of light under the control of mind and the outgoing faculties. We are so identified with the body and the outside things that we have forgotten our own selves. What to speak of that great power which is controlling each one of us in the human body? What is the function of a master? And what is he? He is a man like you, of course, outwardly. He has the same two eyes, two ears, two hands, two feet. He talks like you. He also eats to maintain the body. He does other functions on the worldly level too, but he is conscious of his divine nature. He is a conscious co-worker with the divine plan, although he works at the level of men to help them as a man. So this is what we have to overcome. Our schools of thought or religions were made for the purpose of solving this mystery of life, to be out of these entanglements or obliviousness altogether. We do not know who we are. A little child knows better than we. If you ask him who he is, he opens his eyes, opens his mouth. He feels it somewhere in here. As he grows older in years and you ask him, he says, I am Mr. Such and Such. Further, he says, I am a Christian, I am a Hindu, I am a Mohammedan. Again, further, he says, I am American, I am French, I am German, I am Indian. Who is he? He is a conscious being. That we have forgotten. We go so far away from our own selves that we forget our own selves. 
Masters come to tell us this. They address us either as a man from the level of man, O man, awake, or from the level of the soul, the conscious being. O children of light, awake, you are asleep. Being under the control of mind, your attention is diffused into the world and identified with it. You are awakened outside and are asleep from within. The God power is already within you, waiting for you. Your true home is the true home of your Father, that is, of all consciousness and all wisdom. Why are you stuck fast in this material world, in the outside things? These are only temporarily given to you. The body being made of matter is changing every moment of life. This is the golden opportunity which has been given to us to realize ourselves, to know ourselves, and to know the controlling power which is controlling us in the body and is controlling the entire universe. All masters say that, of course, in their own language which was prevalent at the time they came. By a parallel study of religions, you will find this to be so. Religions were made to liberate us from all these outer entanglements, to know ourselves and to know God. These were means to the end. The schools and college from which many students have been graduated and get degrees is creditable. But we have joined them and forgotten the goal. We simply identify ourselves as belonging to one religion or the other, or one country or the other. There have been religious wars and patriotic wars in which thousands and millions were killed and are being killed. When masters come, they give us teachings from the universal level. They consider all to be children of God, brothers and sisters in God, because all are maintained and controlled by that higher power. This is the true state of affairs we are in. To remain in whatever religion you are in is a blessing, but not to attain or to achieve this lost godhood means you are still bound. For that purpose, masters tell us what to do. And I, to bring this teaching down into very specific applications, there's a quite remarkable chapter in the book, The Light of Kripal, which, of course, was a darshan session that Master gave. Well, well, the book is a series of darshan sessions that the Master gave in the years 1970 and 71, mostly. And this particular session, chapter 17 in the book, is called Some World Problems Beyond the Solution of Man. And Master gave this in Rajpur, in his house up there, where some of us have been, which some of the happiest memories of my life are from Rajpur, uh, on September 23rd, 1970, just about 40 years ago. And in this, the ideas of the coming spiritual revolution, although Master does not use that phrase, as far as I remember, in the talk is very much implicit. It's present throughout. 
And the idea of right understanding as being primarily the recognition that God is within all, everyone, all life, every heart, is what's lying at the bottom of whatever Master says here. And I would point out that when Master defined the spiritual revolution, he did not define it as a series of beliefs or a recognition of a particular theological point of view regarding a lot of things, but he defined it very specifically as the recognition, not really the belief, but the recognition that God resides in every heart. And, you know, there is no other, which is of the utmost importance as we practice the path and as we try to regain that which we have lost, is to remember that. Um, Sanchi, in the talk, The Enemy Within, in the Ambrosial Hour, Sanchi goes into the same basic point, you know, that there is no enemy without. The enemy is within. And we project our own problems outward, and that causes us to find differences and not to see the fact that our brother and sister are the same as us. They are what we are. So with that in mind, let us hear a master responding to these questions. Somebody says to him, we have our problems in America. And master says, problems are everywhere. Prejudices are everywhere. Not only in America, but everywhere. Problems are sometimes man-made, sometimes unavoidable. What are the problems over there? Convey some of them to me. In America, we have racial problems that seem to be coming to a boil now, and also there seems to be a greater problem as far as confrontation between the generations is concerned. And Master says, it's everywhere, but in an advanced country like America, it should be less there. And we also have a current problem of inflation. And Master says, man will have to learn at a very high cost in due course. They will come round, but at a very high cost, I tell you. These things lead where? To destruction. Don't you think so? In due course, when these things go on from day to day, more and more, they result in destruction. Too many conflicts will arise. It is growing more and more. Right understanding is the only remedy. Unless you come to that, there is no peace. Man is being divided more and more. He is a man first, then the religious label he is carrying, then his racial label, then from which country he comes. So much splitting up. These atom bombs are waiting. God forbid. This is high time for right understanding. The new age question is coming up among the young. There is awakening, but they require right guidance. Papers, television, radio, they can do much to ameliorate the false position, but they are also going the same narrow way. If general right understanding as an ideal is put before people, they try to publish these things in a very sweet way, I think that might have a good effect, a better effect, to put down these conflicts. 
There are political restrictions between countries. There are language restrictions and racial restrictions, as you say. Truly speaking, all this trouble has passed beyond our care. We can only pray, O oh God, the world is aflame. It has passed our care. We cannot do anything about it. You condescend to send down some grace to set it right. Let God save us in any way he likes. We want betterment just now. From day to day, these things are growing worse and worse, tighter everywhere. Is there an explosion coming up soon? If the trend goes on like this, there will be an inevitable result. If God sends some grace in any way he likes to set this right, otherwise it is past our care, the care of human beings. Every day, tensions are growing more and more. The good we are trying to do is like pouring water into sand. It is just like that. Unless grace comes down from heaven, from God, that's the only remedy. They say the golden age will arise from the iron age. There is an awakening. With his grace, it may become more. It might meet it to some extent. Every country is wanting peace, peace, and yet they prepare themselves for war. Military expenditures, every country is trying to have an atom bomb. Many have it already. Is India trying to have an atom bomb? They say they are not after it, but if there is an increase in nuclear arms, they will have it to at least save their lives. This is what they said publicly. We are not after it. We are not after the atom bomb. Well, I pray God send his grace. It has passed our care already, honestly speaking. It's taking more grace from God these days than it has in the past then. Surely, and still more grace is required to put down all these troubles which are growing more and more. Is that additional grace going to be forthcoming? What goes out of the heart of the afflicted people, naturally that is sent by God. After all, we are all his children. But such like affairs are doomed, I would say, irremediable. They've gone to such an extent. They say, peace, peace, peace. They are trying, but with all that, they are preparing themselves for war, as it appears on the face of it. In some places, the difficulties are communism. They are provincial or national or racial. And these problems are everywhere. Since we've been here for the past three weeks, I haven't followed the newspapers at all, and I don't know how the peace talks are coming along, the Vietnam peace talks then being held in Paris. Actually, what we say we should do, we should live. Then it's all right. They talk of peace, but are spending more and more on genocide day to day. Don't you think so? Lots spent on armaments, yes. If they talk of peace, let them also have less armaments. More than half the income of a country is spent on that, even more than half. And if this was spent for the good of the people, then we are all brothers. Each country should advance as much as possible and be a source of help to others. You strengthen yourself and let others also have strength. In addition to individual karma, I suppose there is national karma as well. 
Haven't you read it in The Wheel of Life? I mentioned it there. Is the master power going to stop this explosion which seems so inevitable? Many will be saved who turn their faces to him. That's all I can say. The only thing is we say something and then do something else. That's the trouble. If the governments really want peace, then where's the trouble? They should avoid encroaching on the rights of others, live and let others live, make their country so advanced and peace-giving that everybody else would like to come there. Now there are restrictions. You cannot go out from one country into another without a visa. You cannot leave a country without a passport. So these are strongholds, is it not so? We go around like prisoners. When I returned from the 1963 tour, the airplane was not in order. We had to stay in Cairo. So we were restrained. All right, leave all your baggage, all your passports. If we had to go to the bank, there were two soldiers with bayonets this side and two to that side to go to the bank. This is our fate. Just think, if your visa has expired, they won't let you leave the ship. You will be turned back from the port. This is what is happening. Roussel Jacques, the author of Guru Dev, the Lord of Compassion, came to India. Perhaps you might have heard about him. He has written one or two books. He has stayed in the ashram. His visa expired. First it was extended for three months, then six months. You cannot stay here more than that. He sent it to Pakistan. From there it was extended. He wanted to live in India. Then again he came to India. Again his visa expired. Then he had to send it to Burma, the other side. Then again he wanted to extend his stay. He applied for it, and by the time the sanction arrived, his time had expired the day before. So he was turned out of India. The sanction did not arrive a day earlier, that's all. A true mirror of the fate of the country. He could not remain because the sanction did not arrive at Calcutta in time. It was only a day late. I sent him a wire, but he could not stay. This is a very ordinary incident I am quoting. There are more, graver than that. There are so many governments. Each man should keep his country in a blooming state. Let anybody come in freely and enjoy it and then help others bring up their governments in the same blooming state. That should be the attitude. And I want to say, of course, especially was attracted to this because of the current uproar over immigration. I, I heard Master say, express this thought many different times, usually in darshans, which were never recorded until this series that were included in this book, darshan sessions in previous trips to India and in other places. Master never allowed tape recorders in there. But both in those sessions and in private conversation with him, I heard him express this many, many times. It was a very big thing to him. And it is, a, again, a part of recognizing the problems that us and them create. Listen to these words. There are so many governments. Each man should keep his country in a blooming state. Let anybody come in freely and enjoy it 
and then help others bring up their governments in the same blooming state. That should be the attitude. If each country worked hard at making it so pleasant and so good that everybody would want to come there and then help other countries do the same, you see, the, the whole question becomes something else. There is no issue. And that's what Master wanted. And if you see from his perspective, if you see from the perspective of someone who really sees that every human being, for that matter, all life, really is a child of God, and that God really does reside in every heart, and takes that seriously, and lives that way, and treats people that way, and makes that the cornerstone of his life, which is what the masters do, then you see it looks different than when we're down stuck in the mud of um, us and them and good guys and bad guys and right and wrong, um, all applied in ways which are very seriously limited by the fact that our perspective is shaped by our ego our desires, our fears, and our frustrations. So the questioner says, you're painting a very dismal state of affairs tonight. Can't you offer us any hope? This is hope. There are saints, of course, those who turn their faces to him who stand at his door. But I'm talking of the general state of affairs. The trend in which it is going will end in disaster, headlong down daily. They speak of peace, they speak with their lips, but they act otherwise. Mohammedan countries form an alliance. All Christian countries form an alliance. There's trouble going on everywhere. In India, too, we have got the provincial troubles. Wheat has been sold at Bombay, say, at 100 rupees a mond about 82 pounds. The same wheat is sold here, 30 rupees. The same wheat is sold in other regions also at a different rate. The country is the same, but one province will not let others help. The same wheat in Pakistan is sold at a much cheaper rate. If we think we are all one, then where is the trouble? Right understanding is required. There's no other remedy. And his grace. This is what the masters did in the past. They went out and gave people right understanding and also wake up. Anyway, it is passed out of the hands of the Son of Man, that much is sure. Now it is 1970. Don't you think in 20 or 30 years we'll be in more trouble if it goes like that? But there is awakening also. There is a good sign. They are having conferences to bring all religions together and the religions are forming pillars. And now the further trend is we should have all world religions united, a world organization. Each religion, whatever they give you, the basic message remains the same. What is wanted is reformers, not of others, but of themselves. Let us reform our countries. If we're going to reform our countries, it means we're going to have to get into political action. Is this the time for that? I mean, as opposed to reforming ourselves? Politics cannot be reformed. 
Here in India, we have more political parties than in other countries where they have only two or three. Here we have about nine or ten. Now I found the remedy for that. For instance, the Delhi area consists of five or six areas. In each of those areas, I went out and gave a talk. I told them, whether you are Hindu, Mohammedan, or Sikh, you are all brothers, you live together. Be responsible for the honor of others, daughters and mothers. Be responsible for the life and wealth of others. Those who are sick should be helped. Those who are in need should be helped. All should be looked after in your area. If anybody is not good, try to reform him. And similarly, if you do that all over India, let the world governments change or remain the same. What is it to you? If wife and husband go on amicably, what has the emperor got to do with it? Advocate social rather than political action. Yes, that you can do. That is in your hands. You suggest that people of integrity should stand for office, should be voted for, and that would imply perhaps satsangis. And yet on the other hand, satsangis, you say, should indulge more in social action than in standing for office. And Master says, all are satsangis. Some have been put on the way, have been given a touch inside, but they are still yet to become full-blooming satsangis. All are satsangis. Some have got ingress, others have not, but the truth is there. This, this is a tremendously important, just almost aside that Master gives here, but from again, from his point of view, and, and Sanchi also elaborated on this many times in my presence, the Master's do not really differentiate between initiates and non-initiates. You know, initiation is a point on the way, and it can happen It can happen in different ways. It is something that is very, very good to have and extremely helpful to have. But from the Master's point of view, it's a point in time, and he sees from the point of view of eternity. So he knows that from that point of view, everybody is a satsangi. All have truth inside of them. Everyone is capable of being put on the way. And sooner or later, everybody will be put on the way. So there is no real differentiation here. And any kind of divisiveness, you know, dividing people from people. In the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus is quoted as saying, Somebody asks him to divide up his father's estate between him and his brother. And Jesus said, who made me a divider? I'm not a divider. The masters are not dividers. They are adders, you might say. They put things together, not take them apart. All are satsangis. Some have got ingress, others have not, but the truth is there. All ministers, everyone, should resign for three months before voting. Then you should vote for the man of integrity. He must have some background of service, selfless service. If he is chosen from any party, he should serve as the son of the country, not as the son of the party. Those who are chosen because of their party, they fight for the party. And who is in trouble? This is what has happened and is still going on. And moreover, they should have full conviction. 
government of the people, by the people, for the good of the people. And once they are chosen, if they have not proved up to the mark, they should be recalled, even the government. If they are enjoined to resign three months before the date of voting and these things are followed, then I think the government will also change. You cannot turn out those who have been chosen now, can you? No, they continue, maybe doing good, maybe bad. They fight for their parties, standing against others because they belong to that party. So I think this appears to be a very common sense remedy. I'm not a political man, I tell you. They select me everywhere. All men are dragging me for so many things. They have faith in me. They know what I say will be common sense. Don't you think governments will change in ten years if we go on like that? If they've not changed, even then we can still live amicably. Just have that inner way. So reformers will come up that way. This is the way to develop the golden age out of the iron age. With his grace, of course, pray for it. Both political and social reforms then are needed before the golden age comes. That will inevitably result if you do these things. Even the government can change by voting, but they're not after change, you see. Do you think that today's youth is fundamentally idealistic enough to bring about the changes that you suggest? They want right guidance only now. They've got no right guidance. They are after it. That urge is within them, but they are not given right guidance. If they're given this, naturally they'll take a change in hand in five to ten years. I don't know if anybody's going to tell them these things. Do you think these things can be told in the regular media of the day, the regular newspapers? Where's the harm in it? Man is a free thinker. Government might impose, that's another thing. But this is the only way. Before voting, all should resign. Then there'll be fair voting. Now these parties, while in power, in the chair, exercise every influence to be voted in again by the people. Only those who are men of integrity, those who have got some background of selfless service, when chosen, should serve. If he's in America, first serve America, not the party. Now parties are fighting like anything, as I tell you. If two bullocks are fighting, the crops are spoiled. I get in trouble when I use the word satsangi, but should we assume that initiates should not run for office? If they're chosen, they can behave as I have explained. How does it go against initiation? You wish good for all, is it not so? If such like people were really initiates and they're really on the way, they're selfless, they're honest, They've got higher spiritual strength. They'll work wonders. I think it would be just wonderful, but wouldn't it take away from spiritual development? My Lord, how long do you put in for meditation out of 24 hours? You put in two or three hours. In the rest of the 24 hours, how many do you put into your work? Put in some time the right way. You're giving yourself in the sacrifice of others. When a brick is well baked, you can use it anywhere. It will make a strong wall. If a man is changed, he will work wonders in any line he chooses. We are not to stay away and live in the forests. This is very common sense. To me, it appears like that, maybe not to many. But as a free man, I think you will agree. And the person, somebody anyway, says, politicians are the worst people.
And Master says, they are chosen by us. You curse yourself. Why did you choose them? I say sometimes to people when the government is bad, who is the cause of it? You. Why did you vote for the wrong person? So for the future, don't do it. If they cannot come round before that period, whatever they're chosen for, three or five years, after that, don't put such people back in office. That is your responsibility. Now people are driven in like animals to vote. Is it not so? In India especially, but I see in every country it's like that. They're fighting like anything among themselves, whereas all this is meant for the good of the country. With all good wishes, they're splitting up the country. Don't you think physical, mundane, and political problems could easily be solved in the spiritual way? I think it's a wonderful concept. I don't think I've ever heard you say before that initiates should get themselves thus involved in actions of the world. I've never said they shouldn't. We are not to leave the world and go to the forest. We've come here to live. We have to learn swimming in water, not on dry land. When everything goes with your will and pleasure, where's the difficulty in your being very calm and quiet? But if even in the heat of the moment you remain calm and quiet, that's wonderful. For that, you've got the bread of life. It helps you spiritually, but also physically, intellectually, socially, and politically, everywhere. Socially, I don't know, the person says. I mean, in certain social groups I'm aware of, I don't know how endeared being an initiate makes you to members of those social groups. And Master says, you have something to give to your spirit to give you strength spiritually. If you're weak, have good food, have exercise. It does not affect your work. That makes you stronger, is it not so? Now we are amputated men. Physically we are developed. Intellectually we are developed. Spiritually we are nowhere. On spiritual health depends the life of mind and body both. This is a very important phase of life. Everybody is groaning, crying against governments, this and that. Who is at the back of it? Those who are crying. So you see, spiritual life does not stand in the way of services, genuine service to society, to the country, to the world. When we talk like this, time flies. Anyway, this is a very important subject. You told me you had so many problems, we've been talking them over. If you had not mentioned them, naturally I would not have talked about them. The remedy for all these problems I see very clearly. I had several private talks with Master Kripal on these issues, which were very important to me, and in one of them, he, this idea of his that if somebody is not doing a good job, they should be recalled. Of course, that is possible in California under the California Constitution, but generally it is very difficult. Uh, he said that in, when I was talking with him a couple of years after this talk was recorded, right after the Bangladesh War, which some of you will remember when Bangladesh separated from Pakistan, West Pakistan, which then became the only Pakistan, invaded Bangladesh, which up until then had been called East Pakistan, was part of the same country, and did tremendous, uh, horrendous damage 
which affected Master very much. You know, in village after village, the leader, all of the leaders of the village were killed and piled in big piles, which Master pointed out was about the, as far down as the Iron Age could get. Anyway, during that war, President Nixon, who at that time was in office, was uh, leaning toward Pakistan, which was sort of our ally at the time, whereas India was seen as suspect because it was unaligned, it refused to align itself with the West. And there were uh, Senator Ted Kennedy, who was also in the Senate at that time, worked very hard to not have that happen, which Master appreciated very much. And he told me how much he appreciated Ted Kennedy. And he also said that why can't Nixon be withdrawn? Why does he have to f- serve out his term? Uh, when someone is so, does, is so wrong and does things so badly, why should he finish his term? And of course, Nixon did not finish his term, as we all know. And he was resigned and left office in disgrace just a few days before Master left the body. So I always felt that Master had something to do with that. That it was like the last thing he ever accomplished in his physical form. I don't know if that's true. Anyway, Master was very strong about that when he talked to me. All of the things he mentions in this in this talk, I have heard him talk about in other times and other places along the same lines. Except I should mention, uh, this is um, perhaps I once asked him if it would be okay if I ran for office. Right? This was at a time when I was thinking along these lines. And he looked at me. It was, a, it was an interview, a private darshan. He looked at me, his eyes opened wide, and he said, well, if you're a political man... And you can. And I, I looked at him and I, I, he was so funny, I started laughing. And I said, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm a political man. And he said, well, then don't do it. And, uh, so it isn't that initiates are given, you know, carte blanche and encouragement to run for, some people have one calling, some have another, but there isn't, there's nothing in the fact of initiation that prevents us from doing most anything, really. Okay, I think we can have a tape. So Kabir Saab came there and he told him the dear ones, he told them the dear ones, why are you weeping and whose death you are mourning because nobody has died. The element of the earth has become one with the earth. The element of air has gone and mixed in the air in the same way all the other elements have also have gone and they have mixed in their respective elements. So why do you cry for anybody? Because nobody is dead. Everybody has gone. All the elements has gone back to their origin. Jagat Yupai Khilr Jaya ਦਾਖਲ ਹੋਣ ਦੇ ਨਾਮ ਦਰਵਾਜੇ ਹੈ 
और जो के बाहर की तरफ खुलते हैं दसवा दरवाजा वो अंदर की तरफ खुलता है अगर इस खेल प्रभु जी देखना है कि किस तरह उन्हें मौज की रचना भी चाहिए किस तरह वो एक मौज देख रहा है कह लगे तुम उस दसवें दरवाजे में खोलो जो कि अंदर की तरफ खुलता है संत महात्मा ंग which opens inside and if we open that opening and go through that door that tenth door we can easily enter this body and we can see that unique play which god almighty has created saints and mahatmas come in this world only to give us the key to open that door so that after opening that door we may go inside we may go within us and see with our own eyes how god almighty has created this play of the creation ਗੁਰੂਸਾਹਿਬ <laughs> ਦਰਵਾਜੇ ਸੋ ਦਸਵਾਂ ਗੁਪਤ ਚਾਰ ਨਦੀ ਅਗਨੀ ਅਸਰਾ ਜਿਸ ਮਕਸਦ ਵਾਸਤੇ ਪ੍ਰਭੂ ਨੇ ਸਾਨੂੰ ਇਨਸਾਨ ਦਾ ਜਾਣਾ ਦਿੱਤ
All the creatures are divided into four different kinds of creation, the way they are created, the way they are born into this creation. There are many creatures who are born from the eggs, there are many creatures who are born just because of the change of the season, change of the weather. In the same way, there is another part of the creation, another section of the creation in which all the birds and the flying creatures come and also the human beings and uh, the animals, they, are, they also comprise of one part of the creation. So here he says that out of all these creatures, God Almighty has given all the senses and everything to the human being. The human body is the best of the creation and uh, it is the only opportunity in which we can do the devotion of Lord and go back to our real home. But what happens when we come in the human form, when we get the human body, we go into the deep illusion, we do not take advantage of that human body, that human form. And that is why once again we go back into the, that cycle of creation and once again we are drowned in one of those four rivers which the masters have often mentioned in their writings. चार नदी अग्नि असराला कोई गुरमुख बुझे शब्द निराला साकत दुर्मत now he says that who are consumed in this fire in the fire of these four rivers only those who do not come to the masters and who when given the human birth do not take advantage of it and those who do not have faith in the masters those who do not do the devotion of Lord because you know that when we leave this world nothing of this world goes with us only the good deeds we have done and only our master goes with us so when we leave this world, if we do not have the master, if we have not had faith in the master, then what happens? We are thrown into these four rivers and we are consumed, we are burnt in those rivers. If we have the masters on our head, the gurus are the only ones who are sprayed from these fires and if we have taken refuge at the feet of the gurus, if we have gone to the master, we are also sprayed from the fire of these four rivers. Sakat durmat dubeda Sat 
मिशन में रुचि जाती की करना है हमारे मिशन दो हंकार मिशन दो ये मैं बड़ा विद्वान हूँ मैं तभी हूँ मेरा पूरे बहुत बड़ी दुनिया की हकुमत है कैन लेके क्या रहो ना हकुमत ने साथ जाना है ना किसी विद्या ने साथ जाना है और ना किसी तंदा उसने जाना है ना अम्मा ने जाना है ना माता ने जाना है ना पिता ने जाना है जिन्होंने साधे साथ ही जाना है असि उन्होंने की आस लाई बैठे हैं की उन्होंने हर हाथ लाई बैठे हैं कह लगे जरूरी है कि जब नाम मिल गया गुरु की शरण चले गए हैं इन्होंने चीजों को छड़ के गुरु की शरण में जाना है अंदर नाम के नाम जाना है Now he says that what should we do when we go to the masters? He says that when we go to the masters, we should give up all the egoism. We should give up the pride. We should not think that we are very intellectuals or we are very wealthy or we are the rulers, because neither our intellect nor our education and not even the power which we have are going to go with us. All these things will just remain here, and they are not going to help us anywhere. Not even the mother who has given us the birth, our father. Nobody of our relations are going to help us, and they are not going to go with us. So that is why he says that giving up the pride and egoism of all the kinds, you should surrender yourself to the feet of the master, because he is the only one who will help you at that time, and he is the only one who is going to go with you. Sat Guru Shabad Rehrangarata. जल्दी मिलेगा दूध के बीचों ही प्राप्त होगा दुद्ध जमदानी पाने मिलेगा 
ਉਹ ਕਹਿੰਦੇ ਪ੍ਰਮਾਤਮਾ ਬਾਹਰਲੇ ਰੀਤੀ ਰਿਵਾਜ ਨਾਲ ਕਰਮ ਕਾਂਡ ਨਾਲ ਨਹੀਂ ਮਿਲਦਾ ਗਾ ਬਲਕਿ ਹੰਕਾਰ ਆ ਜਾਏਗਾ ਅਗਰ ਪ੍ਰਮਾਤਮਾ ਨੂੰ ਮਿਲਣਾ ਹੈ ਬਾਹਰੋਂ ਖਿਆਲ ਨੂੰ ਹਟਾ ਕੇ ਅੰਦਰ ਜਾਓ ਔਰ ਜੋ ਗੁਰੂ ਕਹਿੰਦਾ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਕਰੇ ਇਵਨ ਦੋ ਸੇਮਸ ਐਂਡ ਮਹਾਤਮਾਸ ਆਰ ਆਲਰੇਡੀ ਦ ਪਰਫੈਕਟ ਵਨਸ ਵੈਨ ਦੇ ਕਮ ਇਨ ਟੂ ਦਿਸ ਵਰਲਡ but still in order to show the other people in this world the truth and in order to give them the demonstration for a long time in their life they remain hidden and like the other worldly people like the other normal people they also do all the worldly rites and rituals they also do their searching and they perform the austerities and they do almost all kinds of things which a person does if he wants to realize god almighty but when the appropriate time comes they tell the people that whatever we have done it was all like churning the water and you cannot get anything out of churning the water if you want to get the butter you will have to churn the milk so that is why they tell us they do all those things in their life only to show us the truth that just by doing the outer rites and rituals we are not going to get anywhere and we will not receive anything if we want to realize god we will have to go to the master and we will have to do the things according to the instructions and the teachings of the master. Our final bhajan is on page 203 Kripal Yahi Sandesha Data Kripal gave only this message and even the wind also teaches us this if you keep walking while doing the simran the destination comes to you by itself the fort of deceit will be destroyed in this world because walls of sand do not last there are so many sins with you you are a great sinner hail the power of almighty kripal who carries all the burden no one is an enemy no one belongs to anyone else everyone is your very own for as the gurbani teaches all this world was created from one light o guru kapal the negative power trembles and death also is nervous in front of whoever has caught hold of your finger ajeb says apologize to kapal if your soul wants happiness kapal gave only this message and even the wind also teaches us this if you keep walking while doing the simran the destination comes to you by itself bhajan of sanchi on page 203 kirpanya hi sandesha deta avaya hi sikalati he Simran karte chale chalo to manjil kuda mil jati hai Kirpali sandesha deta avaya hi sikalati hai Simran karte chale ਚਲੋ ਤੋ ਮੰਜਿਲ ਕੁਦ ਮਿਲ ਜਾਤੀ ਹੈ ਚਲੋ ਫਰੇ ਬਖੇ ਕਿਲੇ 
kadina duniya mere jaate hai chale fare bake kile kadina duniya mere jaate hai reto ki divar der thaka ਕਬੀ
teaches all this world was created from one light kripal gave only this message and even the wind also teaches us this if you keep walking while doing the simran the destination comes to you by itself may god bless us all <laughs> 